And me personally, I don't, I don't like it. Okay, so you yeah, can say like you it. don't like it, but to me, but what you to, can't I hear say it is it's, it's, it's no, no, no. Yes, you I can. can't say it's the same thing. I, yes, I can because it's still rooted in the same thing. It's like you not can, rooted you could, in the same thing. You could make the same argument from nigga and nigga. It's not how. Like, I never hear it until you say it. Come on, man. Black people getting us hype. What's up, y'all? We're back for This Week in White Supremacy. My name is Jasiri X. I'm co-founder and CEO of One Hood Media. And as always, to my right. It's a miracle. Oh, you was quick with it today. I got to be practicing. <laughs> it's your girl, Miracle, a.k.a. Big Blessing. The Big Blessings here on... A Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Should we say that? I mean, we're... A Wednesday, a Thursday. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. We're here. Are you repping that Roots? You yes, got your Net Roots shirt? Let's go. Oh, yes, I yes. Didn't, I didn't even know they had t-shirts there. They didn't give you one when you registered? <laughs> no. Oh, wow. You he didn't go to the he didn't go to the town square registration oh, table to pick it up. Okay. Oh, gotcha. I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't, gotcha. I missed that completely. And you did a workshop about joy there. Farouk was on it. It was a phenomenal I, panel. Like, Miracle phenomenal. had great questions lined. What? <laughs> Whenever you say it was a phenomenal panel. Always sound show shot. Nigger barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Nigger League Museum and barbecue. We had a phenomenal weekend. We went to the Nigger League Museum, had some barbecue. Had some like, Chicago pizza. We did, man. You know that I ended up paying for, but it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. My brother. It's your boy, Trouble in the Last. Niggas love sleep. Never like supremacy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you, you know, were celebrating your birthday? Yes, this yes, weekend. I was. You had a good time? I had a great time. All right. All I slept right. most of it, but. Okay, you know what I'm yeah. Nothing wrong with getting the rest, man. Oh, yeah. You know and I'm saying? in my, my little vacay suit today. Okay, you know I got saying? that. I got Going that. Going to Sandcastle afterwards. Oh, dope. Okay, yeah. okay. The Let's birthday get it. week is continued. The birthday yes. week continues. And is it supposed to rain today? Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, a little okay. bit, though. Only for a little oh, bit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And, and sir? Yeah, man. Salted anchovies induced diarrhea. <laughs> Whoa. What is wrong? That you know was <laughs> in my head. I just want to hear how it sounded out loud. <laughs> Salted? Is that what you had on your pizza? All the time. It just came to your problem. That just popped up. And I was like, I wonder how this sounds out loud. It like, you sounded just, as bad as it So you, you decided it. to say it live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. Well, okay then. Thank you for letting us know who you are. <laughs> yes, thank you. And I guess if we have to edit it any time, so you can run oh, to the restroom. No. We wanted to start with the fact that all of America is on strike right now. Like all as they should be. Of Absolutely. America is like we rebelling. should strike in solidarity. Should we? What are we, we trying should. to be miracle? Who are we striking <laughs> against? <laughs> Ourselves or like <laughs> the philanthropy? We should just be out there. Would we still be getting paid, though, if we strike Miracle? Who are we striking against? In solidarity. In solidarity. So for those that don't know, the writers are on strike. They were on strike. So the writers were first. They went on strike. In fact, I remember being in Philadelphia and, and joining one of the writers' picket lines. And then the actors just went on strike. And I guess 
That was a lot. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I'm just, yo, you know, we lodging them up. Oh, we lodging them up. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And the actors, I think the first time the actors and writers have been on strike at the same time. Yeah. Since maybe like the 60s. This is the first time the actors went on strike since the 80s. And UPS may go on strike. Oh, shit. Wait, UPS or USPS? I, UPS. I, UPS. Oh, shit. Yes. Er- and so, the USPS. Uh, really? Together? Yes. yes. So we got to rely on FedEx and LaserShip. God no, help us every, all. No, everybody Yeah, they all might be gone. Hot. You, know you might hot. be running that package down the street, my nigga. <laughs> we driving to see your friends. <laughs> running that, running that package. What? How is that? He's five. Running He's that 12. Pa- you know what a package is. Oh. Right? Siri, don't. You're making it worse. <laughs> you Siri, you're just making it worse. <laughs> Because we are in a time so of global warming. It is very hot outside. So yes. These employers are not giving people water. They're not Correct. making sure the vans. And, and DeSantis just passed that, right? The, Sant- uh, the Florida the, the, the and Texas. Texas, Texas, Texas yeah. Yeah, yeah. Florida and Texas, you don't have to give your workers water. You don't have to give your workers yeah. breaks. And some of these temperatures are hitting 90 degrees and above. And people are literally in, in prisons right. outside. And these factories are getting heat stroke and are passing away as well. And so people are going on strike just because in 2023, we don't have air conditioning. Right. And the thing about it, I mean, you you know, just like you said, UPS, the post office, they're out. They have to be outside. Right, they have yeah. to be Rain, outside. hell, sleet, snow. They have to be in the heat. And, you know, sometimes if you have just a regular job, you're not thinking about that. They said a 10-day strike, if the UPS struck, went on strike for 10 days, it would cost the economy more than seven billion dollars i can believe that yeah um you know when they had the issues coming out about the actors because a lot of times i think we think of actors we think of the one percent of actors yeah we think of like the rock and you know tom cruise yeah these actors making but they said that to qualify for health insurance you have to make twenty six thousand dollars to qualify for health insurance under the sag union eighty seven percent of actors do not qualify for health insurance. Oh, shit. 87% of actors are not making $26,000 a year. Damn. So one of the guys that have been outspoken on this is the, the guy who wrote the TV show The Bear on Amazon. I think his name is Alex O'Keefe. He was saying he got an award for, like, best show that when he went there, he literally had, like, a negative bank account. Mm. So while he's winning an yeah. award for the best new show on television... He didn't have any money so, in his pocket. So if you're in SAG, right, if you're in the Screen Actors Guild, your initial fee just to get in there is $3,000, and you have to pay two thirty a month in dues. Mm. So if you're already not making money or right. waiting on royalties or residuals, yeah. you're still losing money every month just to be an active member. Absolutely. So that's 26000 annually you have to make, right? right. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Think about it. Think about, and I'm going to come to you, Miracle. Think about... The pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. What got us through the pandemic? What got us through the pandemic was... Home delivery for groceries. Home deliveries, right? And, like, binge-watching TV Entertainment, shows, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, like TV shows, like writing, acting, and... TikTok. Going on, yeah, going on Amazon or wherever you... And, and then getting a package delivered to you. Now, I, I don't... I'm, I'm lost, brother. Like... So, like, if you... No, nah, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm going to ignore him. You can say parcel. I'm going to ignore him. Uh, a parcel. parcel. <laughs> a parcel. <laughs> All right. The items you ordered are delivered to you. There you go. So, 
Miracle, what is your take on? So I was reading about, I don't know if you remember, like, last year, Squid Games was one of the largest. Yes. I still never finished that. Netflix series ever. Right. Literally made Netflix millions of dollars. Millions, they said. The writer and the producer of that didn't get any of that money. None of it. And it was shot against, like, a really small budget, right? Basically, what the streaming services like Netflix are doing are paying you your standard salary and making the show. You get none of the royalties. Even though it's original content, you don't get any of that money. And so while Netflix is this multi-billion dollar company, the model that they make is the money that they make only goes to pay the Netflix staff and their CEOs and to produce more content. And so the writers, the producers, the actors are getting none of those royalties where it used to be on TV when your show was in, you know, picked up in distribution, you would get money from those shows on television. And now that the streaming services are forcing you to watch ads, going up on their subscription fees mm-hmm. and all this type of stuff, they're still not paying their workers, their writers, their producers, any type of residual income. Mm-hmm. And so you can literally be making a, a multi-billion dollar project and you will see none of that. So if you think about how when Tom Cruise was negotiating his contracts and he was getting some of the box office, the story, I forgot Jason's name, who was the black kid who sang in The Lion King, yeah. like how his mom negotiated that he would get the residuals. He's still to this day making yeah. money yeah. because he's in The Lion King in like the Absolutely. early 1990s. Yeah. That model has changed. And yes. so with the advent of AI, they're just trying to cut people out and really get free and exploitive labor. That's why we say yes. only a bill anytime there's a billionaire there's someone who has stolen money and resources from a worker and that's why we're here 100 i mean here here it is it says squid game increased netflix value by almost one billion dollars oh shit like wow. one show raised netflix internal value by 900 million dollars and that unfortunately the creator of it i want to say his name is Wang dong yuck he's korean Oh, that was that was cool. <laughs> I'm looking, look at this dude. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't know how to pronounce it either, so he's not going to make fun of you. I didn't he, see the name. He, so. he said that basically that he sold Squid Games to Netflix, and that Netflix finally picked up the show, but he forfeited all rights and royalties to Squid Games. That's so wild. now Netflix not only owns all the, like the royalties. They also own the rights to make an additional Squid Game, whatever, one, yeah, two, and three. Yeah, right. So they and all, maybe can bring him on as a writer, maybe cutting him off. I don't know. It's just like selling your masters, man. Right. Well, he, you know, it was like, here's the creator, right? He just wants, he wants to get it on. to be seen. Yeah. He wants his show to be seen. And then realizing now afterwards, oh, wow, like it has all of these streams. It's the biggest show Netflix has had in the last 10 years. And none of those streaming residuals, he gets anything for it. And so definitely, this is part of why unions are important, right? To protect workers, to ensure workers have rights, to ensure workers have breaks so they can live, right? To ensure, you know, workers can get through this heat and have the proper equipment and everything. And so, you know, and it was wild to see, I think it was the guy who runs Disney, Bob Iger, you know, came out and said that the actor's demands were... I think what he called unrealistic, unrealistic. Yeah. While he makes twenty-seven million dollars a year, 
these are unrealistic terms. And it was another report where they said that the companies and these billionaires were just going to wait. They were waiting out the writer's strike until people lost apartments, lost homes, and basically like that's once evil. they... That's evil, yeah, right? That's, and that's once capitalism. They, that's capitalism. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's what we're up against right now. We're up against billionaires and oftentimes like we're paying more in taxes than billionaires like the regular 99% of the people are upholding the whole economy of America but these 1% of the people are getting more and more and more and more resources and so I agree with you Miracle I'm all for the rest of the people organizing you know it was one a thing that came out and basically said like during the pandemic that Average working people lost three point seven trillion dollars, like in income. Yes, wow. And that the billionaire class gained during the pandemic three point nine trillion dollars. Oh shit! Right, and so we're watching this, and so at some point, regular people got to come together and say, like, Nah, man, we ain't, we ain't having it. I think that's what's happening now with these strikes. Everybody's kind of organizing. Yeah, I mean, like people, like they should. Yeah, absolutely. I echo the call for a national strike. I think that we need a national strike to reset our whole entire value system. Mm. Early at first, national strike. (laughs) We need a national strike. I think that we have forgotten why we support workers and why we need workers. And I think that there was the advent of a lot of corporations pushing anti-blackness to say that now that black people are getting some of these good jobs and these union jobs. Now it's, these jobs are elitist. You don't need these jobs. You don't need these union benefits. We always catch the blowback and the blame and the fallout. And out. as a yeah. result of that, now everyone is suffering. We talk about like the advent of AI, but most AI was what? It was black and brown people, the pictures, the models. And now that the AI is going to be replacing these writers and these creatives, there are whole entire shows coming out that's written completely by AI. Absolutely. And now that you're going to be replaced, now you see that AI was a threat. But when you thought it was just getting rid of black models (laughs) models or McDonald's workers, you were okay with that. When you thought it was making working class people suffer, you're okay with that. And now when you realize it comes for you, I always talk about the boomerang effect. People throw stuff out there thinking it's just anti-blackness and thinking that only black people will be harmed by these things. And they forget that boomerang comes right on back and will cut them down too. And so I I call for a national worker strike where we have a national workers referendum and we fight for the things that will make us safe. We should not be working 40 plus hours a week. It's still struggling. I think that they said most people have to work like 80 hours a week to like pay you know, the rent, you know, for a a single bedroom apartment and nobody is making that. That That's a fascinating point and a great point to make. Like Miracle said, just the holiday, just like the housing crisis right now, like interest rates, rents are jumping up astronomically high all over the country, even in like lower class areas. Like you have rents that are just unaffordable. You know, everything is just in a state of what's the word I'm looking for? It's just everything is fragile. Everything's unaffordable. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? There's just like this delicate balance that every, if you're not like really just out here caked up, you're struggling. Yeah, yeah, you're struggling. Like it doesn't like you can be okay for a month, what? but next month you might be fucked up. And but, then I've been talking to homeowners because I've been thinking about should I buy yes, a home yes, or not? Yes. And everybody's talking about not being able to afford their taxes. 
So yep. even if they have the home, yeah. even if they own the home outright because of all of the gentrification yeah. coming to their neighborhoods, they're not able to afford the taxes on their home. So now they're being evicted uh-huh. you know, from their homes. And a lot of this is particularly impacting elder communities. 100%, yeah. So now like, there is no more generational wealth because nobody can afford it. Would there be a situation or do we see a situation where you could organize even like for a national strike? I know they've done something similar like in the Bay Area where they've just done a strike where it's like everybody don't work today. We've seen some of that. I know people are saying like boycotting streaming services with that because so many people rely on these services for, like, some type of entertainment. Man, we couldn't boycott the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even boycott Kanye for 24 hours. Come on. We could, hey, Looking at you for a Like, my thing is, I think it has to be oh, yeah. gradual, you don't, you don't right? have Kanye's on today. You don't have Yeezy's. You know, Yeezy's are coming back to Foot Locker. You see that? They are. But, no, when we literally asked people, we said, just don't listen to the record for the first 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first 24 hours is the most important. Y'all, t- <laughs> hour 25, y'all can do it. And y'all say no. But I think wow. we have to, it has to be incremental. Yes. So it has to be, like, Tuesdays at 2, don't watch any streaming services. Yes. For, like, one hour. I think we have to start building and, like, mobilizing. Yes. And that's what people forget. You have to organize people. Yes. You can't just call for a strike tomorrow. I think people are going to show 100%. up. 100%. People have to take to build up to these things yes. and get familiar with that. And I think that in the interim, billionaires are going to have to organize themselves and understand that literally if they just help people live a good basic life, they could go about their billionaire yacht day. I don't know what billionaires do. Like, they wouldn't have to be worried about people eating them if they would just do right by folks. But I thought they were. I thought they were organized. I thought that's what the Illuminati was. Was that? Wasn't that? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, well, they got to come back and do that. Figure out how they're going to give back to the communities. Yes. And how they're not going to make people miserable in order to obtain and maintain their wealth. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, it's we're very close to that. You know, that scene in Dark Knight Rises where people are just running up into wealthy people's homes. I mean, we're getting really close to that. Ironically, that was filmed in Pittsburgh. And so Mm. if we, again, like you said, I mean, it would be better for everybody to, you know, I mean, again, like if you have $10 billion, maybe you just take two. Come on. And kind of redistribute that amongst working class people. But that sounds too much like socialism. Can't do that. I mean, again, you know, the, Can't the, have no the other scenario is we call the orcas, and then now y'all, <laughs> now nobody can go on their yachts, right? We got the orcas ready. <laughs> so there was also... Orchestrated violence. We got to organize. We got to organize. There was also an interesting back and forth that happened last week in Congress that sparked a debate, and it's always like a right versus left, but of course, it always, it's America, and it was, do we know what this congressman's name is? What is this guy's name? It doesn't necessarily matter. <laughs> okay, his name is Eli Crane. He Again, is... that's like another comic book <laughs> villain name. Eli, Eli Crane definitely owns slaves. Yes, <laughs> Eli Crane. <laughs> Eli Crane is a congressman from Arizona. And Eli Crane was speaking about an amendment that he was trying to put together. And uh, I'm not going to say he misspoke. I think he spoke exactly yeah, how he wanted to say. Can you play that clip, Farouk, sir? Arizona. Well, Mr. Chairman, though, that was unbelievably inspiring. My amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve. 
Okay? It has nothing <laughs> to do with Mr. Speaker. Absolutely any of that not. stuff. What we want to what we want to preserve and maintain is the fact that our military does not become a Lies. social experiment. You can we want the right best there, of so. the best. We want to have stand. <laughs> Who was the lady that stood up and was like, "Yo, censor that man, color people." We're bringing it back. And we are Representative Joyce Betty from Columbus. Okay, yeah, Joyce Betty shut it Columbus, down. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I think Lord we met her. Didn't we we did. We yeah. met Joyce when we was out there with Cori Bush. I think she's the leader of the cock of the African American caucus. Yeah, though. she jumped up to strike that from the record. But I guess, man, we're bringing colored people back. Is that the new? And this is why, precisely why I don't like BIPOC. Like I hate. What's BIPOC got to do with it though? Because it's just, BIPOC, it's, black and it's, it's our of fault. Color. No, it's it's it's. No, like it's just another way to call us color people. I don't like BIPOC. It. Yeah, BIPOC. It's just a. It's just. But isn't people of color? But you're just very switching, different than you, you, color. No, no, because people. you're just switching. The oh wait, wait. Predicate. So you're saying people of color is whack? Hold up, hold, MAGA Muslim. But you're saying Pe- call us people of the global majority. Okay, but you're saying people of color and colored people are the same thing? Absolutely. It's just a subject and a predicate switch. If you look at the, if you look at how it's phrased in a sentence, do you know the historical context? He don't care of colored people of that word. Yes, that's why I would prefer you call us people of the global oh, majority. But, but what I'm saying is, colored people, the word has an historical context. Yes, that is derogatory towards yes. black people. People of color does not have that history. It's just, it's to me, it's no different than saying. But wouldn't that history be different? Correct. People of color is a new saying. Yes. But it's so no different than color. color but how it, is that different than colored people? The difference is colored people. It's the same thing, bro. Well, it's people-centered it's language. not um, the same thing. It's, the same, no, it's just an underhanded way. It's a Let backhanded compliment. Let me ask you a question. Who came? So it was black people and other people of color. That came up with the term people of color. I am aware of said, what you're saying. I'm saying I don't like that either. Oh, okay, but you can't say it's the same. You can't say it's, I'm aware that colored people has a yes, historical Yes, you can because con- you... Wait, 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 wait. That it has a derogatory history, particularly referring to black people. Yes, absolutely. As colored people... Yes. It has been... Has well, you're deemed, not nicing it up wait, by wait, switching wait, it wait, around. Wait, 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 Has been deemed derogatory... And that black people said, that's not who we are. Right. Call us black people. Some people went on to say African-American, but it was black people that said, no, we're not colored people. Nigga, we're black. We want to be called black. Right. Similarly, people said you can call, if you're referring to more than black people, you can use the term people of color. That was a term that we said was acceptable. And I still don't, I, me personally, I don't, I don't like it. Okay. So you yeah, can say like you it. don't like it, but to me, but what you can't say it is, it's, it's, no, no, no. Yes, you I can't can. say it's the same thing. I, yes, I can, because it's still rooted in the same thing. It's like you not can, rooted you could, in the same thing. You could make the same argument from nigga and nigger. It's not how your exact definition, because black people said, we don't want that. We want yes. to be called this. We yes. want to use this. Yes. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's not. It's absolutely the same thing. It's at, because people Miracle. are best friend. and colored Miracle. people. It's so, not the same thing. It is. You're looking at it from a ink like, oh, well, the, no, uh, no, you're I'm, actually, I'm you're how actually, it makes me feel. Like, I don't like it. Again, how it makes you feel is your, that, that this is, this one thing to say, in my opinion. In, right. Okay, so in my opinion, it is the same thing. Okay. And you, in my opinion. You share a similar opinion with white wing MAGA folks because that I've never was, heard that before. Well, when you go under the thing of this clip. 
That's all they said. The right wing MAGA folks said people of color and color people the same thing. Black people like myself and Miracle in Trouble. We <laughs> said. <laughs> We said, just like, no, what? colored people actually is not the same thing because colored people was a word that was derogatorily used to black people historically. I so understand the context, the same thing. but I still, like, in well, my... Well, so, then again, I think if you understand it, you have to word it differently. You can say, hey, my opinion, I, you can say, these are my issues with people of color, and these are my issues with... Ter- and you talked about them on the show. You can say that. And you can share your issues so the, of, but, the, of, but, the, of the term. But and, I don't, and you can but, share your issues with, with BIPOC. But to say people of color and color people are the same thing is historically inaccurate. I don't, I, I don't believe so. Because it's just well, the same you don't way of history, bro. So. You're, no, no, you're going out like Moms of Liberty, bro. No. It's, it's so I'm going to interject myself here. Bro, you can't ignore history. There I'm not your own personal opinion. What I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is you're calling me something, the same thing, just in a nice way. No. It's like no, a polite not, way. No, it's not your call. It's not them calling you something. It's us saying this is an acceptable term that we will be able to use. Now, you could say, I don't like that term, but you can't ignore history. You can't say, but this, I'm, I'm not ignoring the history. You are. I, no, you're not. If you're I saying know they're the same people. thing, you're ignoring the history. But my dad was called colored his uh, whole life. Okay, I get it. But okay. like, I'm not. But, but that but, doesn't right. make it better to call me a person of color. Again, what you're saying is how you personally feel. Your feelings are valid. True, truly, you know what I'm saying? You've talked about to me personally and on the show, you don't like BIPOC, you don't like people of color. Right. So I can understand you saying, I don't like that. I just think it's lazy. Okay. I, I think it's very lazy. My, my disagreement comes with you saying it's the same because it's not. Because colored people has a history. Again, like you said, my mom fought. Right, you know what I'm yeah, saying? absolutely. To be called black. I remember my mom telling me about the struggle. So you don't think of that color of people black. of color is lazy then? It, but what I'm saying is, I, I'm not. The argument is, is it the same thing as color people? That it's not. It's not even close. That's all I'm saying. Now I get with you saying about people of color like watering down. Black people have talked about this watering down, BIPOC watering down. It, it does. It absolutely does. I understand. It. Yes, I get that argument. I'm just saying the argument. Okay, that, so that, perhaps I phrased it wrong. Correct. However, correctly. However, yes. My you set, don't like it. I do not like it. Got you. Okay. Got you. All right. Listen, just for people who don't understand, colored people was a term used to particularly impact black people through the Jim Crow South, through the United States of America, through laws that said that if you were a colored person, you could not have access to housing, to movie theaters, to hospitals. So if you look at Waterfowl, it's the most Mm -hmm. infamous in American pictorial history of what for colored people meant. And so when we're talking about words and language, there's a whole movement of people-centered first language. So you hear people who are incarcerated, people living with disabilities, people who are disabled. There's a whole ongoing conversation about how do we talk about people 
who are not traditionally represented or thought of within this country and in this capitalistic society that we are in because a lot of people do not like the term minorities because they feel like that is derogatory. Mm -hmm. There's this whole conversation, and in this whole conversation has been going on for decades. So in 1977, there was the National Convention of Women who came together for to talk about the rights and the realities of women and what should equality look like for women across this country. And in 1977, they said, as women of color, we understand that we are not white women and we have a different struggle. It's a difference between feminist and womanist. So this is conversations that have been going on for decades. And so people are thinking about our, our, Lives are different, right? I don't have the same struggle as a black trans woman. I don't have the same struggle as an Asian woman, as a Jewish woman, as a Palestinian woman, as a Russian woman. All of our struggles are different. But because we are women, we have a similar struggle. But we have to think about because in the United States that prioritizes whiteness and pushes white supremacy, if you are not white or white passing, you are treated differently in society, in the law, and just in the reality of this country. And so how do we talk about those similarities? Are we people of the global majority? Are we people of color? Are we the not white collective? There's an ongoing conversation that we're having because we understand that we have something in common through this oppression simply because we are not white or white passing. And so how do we phrase that? And a lot of us, we're still trying to figure, we're still, we're still trying to figure it out. You have people saying, call white, don't say white, say European American or European, you know, descendants. Yeah, 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 a, yeah, yeah. Caucasian we, maybe. You know, Colonizing. all this type of, you know, all this type of thing. And that's what we're, and a lot of people just say, just say black. They say black people, yes. black issues, black thoughts, and yeah. allies of black people, accomplices of black people. Yeah. It's We don't know we're not going to solve it, but we do know that when you say colored people, yeah. you're really going to a specific place in American history yes. that said black people were not human, that black people did not have the same rights as other people, and that black people literally could be murdered, lynched, and killed right. just for trying to have equality. Yeah. And so that, especially for older black people like Congresswoman uh, Beatty, is, are not going to let that stand. And Absolutely. so there is a reason that people are having a tinge when they hear colored people. Yeah. But again, we don't know what the right phrasing is because it's going to be people to people, generation to generation. Trouble. I'm gonna just, I have a question. Okay, please. A couple of questions. Yes. So my first question is in relation to people-centered language, is people of color a result of that? Mm-hmm. So then my next question would be, if I'm understanding correctly, people of color is person-centered because instead of identifying people as their race, they're being identified as people first. Mm-hmm. All right. So if that is the case, why is black people not... Black people, to me, doesn't sound person-centered in a sense because we're still centering our race before yeah, yeah, we're yeah, centering yeah, yeah, our yeah, 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 yeah. So then that makes me side with people of blackness. How is colored people different from black people? 
Yes. This is a great discussion. So because his, maybe we're talking, about people, we're talking about like black people and everyone else who's yes. not black but not white. So not to talk about Afro-Latino, but like Hispanic people, Mexican people, Asian people, non-black Puerto Rican people, everybody who's not from like the Western part of Europe. Yeah. Like when we're talking about like the people of color. Yeah. But then you can say, you know, I'm Irish, I'm black, you know, I'm Boica, or different things that people say. Like I'm Yoruba. Like, it's the whole. Like, there's a whole like debate how we say people are Nigerian, and they're like, no, I'm Igbo. Yeah, and so yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's a lot, and we don't know. It's just yeah, at yeah. the point of like chattel slavery fucked us up. <laughs> like Absolutely. we don't really have a lineage, you know, outside of like the American horror of slavery that we can really just identify our stuff as because that messed up the whole entire world. And then after slavery, we had the world wars where again, European people decided to go bomb brown nations and destroy black and brown nations. And so now we're all trying to wrestle. What is this new identity that we have? Cause we've been impacted by imperialism and how do we say this and build these broad coalitions? Right. And recognize that we have a different experience and we're impacted by white supremacy differently, but we're still impacted by it. And so how do we name that? It's a struggle. And I'll say like, you know, there's a whole conversation around Latinx, right? And, you know, I remember being at a conference and a person I know that's Afro Puerto Rican said, don't call me that. Right. And somebody from a Mexican I, I've descent. I've been corrected on that also. Yeah, yeah. Somebody of Mexican descent might say, call me Chicano. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there is that conversation. I think the difference is, right, that like I may not like people of color. You might not you might not even say black. You know, some people prefer to be called African-Americans. You know, I know like the fight for black was that black was more of a universal yeah. use of language. Right. So it didn't separate and encompass all black people. Right us and Africans, it was more, you know, black people in Brazil, right? It was more of a universal piece. But one thing I know that like black people isn't a slur, like colored people is is a slur, right? And it's historically meant to like put us down. And so that's the difference to it, right? So when you say like, and that's what, you know, the debate between me and Farouk was, I get what he's saying, like in the English language, right? But Mm -hmm. colored has this history and miracle talked about it, of colored water fountains, colored people here. You know, there was this conversation around, if you've ever seen the movie Hidden Figures, there's a scene where the woman has to go to the colored bathroom, and they actually said that wasn't true. That she went, she was like, I used the white bathroom, I used the bathroom closer to me. But the fact that here's a black woman at NASA, and that it was like, no, these bathrooms are only for white people, the colored bathroom, and oftentimes what it colored mean, it meant substandard, right? It was the worst. We got the worst books, the worst schools, the worst of everything. It was of a different standard than the white individuals, right? Mm. And so I think that's the difference between color. You know what I'm saying? But I understand, like, wanting to self-identify and self-describe yourself. And I also understand and agree in many ways around the argument of people of color or BIPOC, right? Because it does begin to kind of like, oh, what does that mean and who qualifies? But I think we're figuring it out, right? I love that thinking of, okay, if black people isn't people-centered, what is and what is that language? To me, this is why I believe artists should be a part of these discussions because we are creative and innovative. So I love that idea of thinking. So, you know, 
You wanted to follow up again? Yeah, no, no. And again, I don't want to go back and beat a dead horse, but I feel like... But to beat a dead horse. <laughs> but to, yeah, but to keep... But he's already dead, yeah. so let me take this, <laughs> but to kick keep, him in his head two or three times. Right, yeah, no, I just like, I feel like people of color is just like very divisively and silently coded language to use colored people once again. Like when I hear it, I feel like it's just something that slid in there. It's almost like a dog whistle. And when I, so I just like kind of feel like, okay, that was clever. Like, you, you can't call me nigga, but you can call me something you, else. You think it like that? That's a, honestly I, how I feel about I'll it. I'll yeah. use people of color yeah, and, and often. I mean, and yeah, oftentimes, people key, of color are used in professional spaces. Because if colored is the slur in right, colored yeah. people, then what makes people of color different than colored people? Yes. If the color part is the slur. Well, the slur isn't, it's not the word. It's the action around it. There you go. It's the action around it. But and again, but you're still relegating me to something that's substandard or other. That's how I feel. Like you're still Uh, placing me, you're, you're, you're putting me in a box. But sprinkling on it. No. That's how but I feel. I think that's the reality. You're trying to nice it up. That's why I say But that's why Justice Clarence Thomas said, in order to get over race, you got to stop talking about race. And there did is you, this. Did you want to do that? You no. Know, no but, but, but there is this tension, though, because there are a lot of people. And I know, like, you know, a lot of black and brown people who I talk with, there is this exhaustion of how do I show up in the world? How do I advocate for people? But then how do I just be myself? And sometimes people are like, I don't want to talk about race. I want to pretend like it doesn't exist just so I can have a breath or a moment. And we're in this conversation. I, when I talk to people who aren't from America, they're like, we have no concept of race, how y'all have it in the States. Like we have, you know, our communities, we have Mm -hmm. our identities, but we don't have. I think France would have something to say about that, but continue. (laughs) But Francis hates Muslims, right? So France France, hates, yeah, specifically North Africans and Muslims, Muslims, but black people also. You know, it's it's different. And so when they're trying to understand, like, how do you show up? They're like, maybe it's a regional thing. Like we have our regional pride. We don't have the same race. But I think that we have to have these conversations because like. I think in the past, like, 24 hours, it's been someone who has been of Asian descent and someone who is, like, of Middle Eastern descent who's gotten so much clout on social media by pushing jokes about black women, Yeah, right? And so I think we have to have a conversation about how people who are not white are replicating Mm anti-blackness and white supremacy, and we have to have language for that but my last thing because i know i'm being long-winded is but you dropping knowledge though. <laughs> yes for social theorists and people who study human behavior we have to identify phenomena we have to have something where we're like okay we see this pattern of stuff and so whether we're calling people transgender or where we're calling people queer or people of color we're labeling things that sometimes are just for academic research is not necessary for people to personally identify and label. And I think with 2020, we saw a lot of people take on words that they didn't understand and identities Mm. that they they Mm. had no academic Right. There's no uh, there's no foundation, foundation to it. Yeah. Trying to be down. And yeah. they misused it, right? Yeah, so like when we're talking about like BIPOC, nobody really was going around saying I'm BIPOC. Nobody. I really don't call I don't like I go around and say people of color. A lot of times I say like black and brown communities. Me too. Or, you know, different things. So I understand people 
pushing back, whether it's Latinx, Latin, Chicano. Yeah. There are long legacies where people have used these words. Yeah. But sometimes it's not meant for wide stream audiences. I agree. And the very last thing I will say is at this 1977 conference, when people, when these group of women said we're women of color and we're fighting for these planks to identify women, the Republicans said, no, you will not. And that's where the moral majority and the family matters and the focus yeah. on the family people were born out of. So they were born out of this movement to say we're going to push back against people of color yeah. because they're trying to unite these women across the world. Absolutely. There's always a counter narrative or a counterculture to any time we try to progress. And that's also why we are having this issue around the words that we're using. W- would it be offensive to, to call this show Colored People Problems? Would it be? <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> title that. I love that title. <laughs> of course you do. Otherwise <laughs> we can. So, uh, just... No, but I think like, <laughs> like my issue with people of color is oftentimes like when it's used, like black people are last, right? Yeah. yeah. People of color is introduced Again, to me. you're relegating me. Yeah. You're separating yeah. well, me. I think part of it is like we've seen that in Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. When it's people of color... It means that somebody that's not black is speaking for all of us. Yeah. And I think that's where I start to have issues with it. However, speaking of a person of color. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Your favorite rapper. I wouldn't say my favorite, but he's definitely (laughs) one of my favorites. Yeah, Drake. We we share the same country. So Drake is on tour Mm -hmm. right now. And Drake is probably financially the biggest rapper in the industry in terms of, and when I say financial, I mean what he makes for the music industry. He signed the biggest contract or one of the biggest contracts in the history of the music industry. So to go back a little bit, Childish Gambino did a interview about the song. This is America. Yeah. Remember when the song, this is America came out, that video hit the internet like a bomb and the song exploded. It was everywhere. It birthed a million think pieces Mm. Right. Of this is America. And so he did an interview and he said, like, this is America was initially going to be written to be a Drake diss. Mm -hmm. And Drake being the super petty nigga that he is or person of color. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, in his show, he has a what is it? A ticker. Yeah. On the show. And it called This Is America the most overrated and over-awarded song, like rap song in rap history, mm-hmm. right? So Ebro Darden, who is host the morning show on Hot 97 and is Apple, Apple Music. I mean, dude is a boss. Who in, is also black and Jewish, which yes. I think is yes. very. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very good content. It's very important. I didn't know that. Very good content. Yeah. Black and Jewish crime, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> Drake is black and Jewish. He is don't black know. and Jewish, okay. yes. He called Drake out for this. Yeah. He said, Drake, who has never shown up, and you know I'm the biggest Drake fan on the show, Drake has never shown up or had anything to say about anything going on in society with black folks other than himself. So he critiqued, you know, he's like, okay, you're calling out This Is America, this song that at a time, you know, it was a lot of issues we wanted to discuss and that Childish Gambino, who also didn't really have necessarily a history of being a conscious rapper or somebody in public. Right, the opposite, (laughs) right, that have spoke, but he entered in, he talked about issues about America and the song blew up. Here's Drake who has never, is that correct criticism for Drake? So this is where I want to start with this. When Drake Did you want to grab your cape from the corner? And no, because I'm not. Around no, 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 because I'm on Ebro's side. <laughs> okay, um, okay, got no, you. No, no, no. I think, like, so Childish Gambino has been criticized specifically a lot from black women for him having this, like, revolution of consciousness 
but having a white wife and, you know, only being interested in white women and oftentimes dissing black women in this comedy and a lot of other things, right? I like the black girls of every single culture, right? That's That was his thing. He likes Filipinos. He likes Armenians. That was These are quotes from his records, even the paraphrase. And a lot of black women are like, you don't get to be conscious now, right? And... I've seen this. Well, I mean, but I've seen this. (laughs) But he made he made his childish game, but you know, came because he would make anti-black women jokes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. So he would make stand up, stand up, and stuff. That's what he was talking about. That was during his sick boy era. So that was very interesting to me. That very 2011 Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I get you. I got it. So then here comes Drake. Here comes Drake who had a good bit of socially conscious content on his early projects as it pertained to black women. Because he right. loved, like, most deaf was his favorite artist. Yeah, he did, and it was very yeah, yeah, yeah. akin to what Kanye was doing, like, you Got know, you. with Selena Johnson or at that time, like, college dropout Kanye. Yeah, old Kanye, not, right? yeah, not old Kanye, Kanye, right? And then so here comes Drake, who his target audience is primarily black women, right? Those are- I don't agree with that. I don't you know. think that's his target audience? Yeah, that's who he pitches to. Yeah, I, yeah. You're right, pitches, you yeah. all are right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. but... Has he shown up in a space once to say anything for black women outside the center himself is whenever I do it, it's not black excellence. I got to dance for you, right? right. Well, well, Drake, Depp, he said in the record, I guess when I do it, it's not black excellence. These are Drake quotes. So I'm on Ebro's side. I think you have a responsibility at this day and age, if your prime audience is black women, to show up at least a little bit right. and say something. Yes. And offer something outside the fact that of these like, you know, quasi-introspective lyrics and Instagram caption books. Right. Like, you have an obligation at this point. And I love Drake as a rapper. I love as a, love him as an entertainer. Yes. But, and I also agree that we shouldn't be always turning to these entertainers for voices on social consciousness Definitely and politics. Not. Definitely not. However. Except for us. Except for us. We are the caveat. <laughs> if you put yourself in this position where, okay, I'm specifically centering myself around one group of marginalized people. Yeah. Yet I've never spoken up to uplift or anything about them except to draw lines about, you know, covered this is a Megan Thee Stallion and Serena Williams. Right. And these things like that. Now I got to look at you like, bruv. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Dude, uh, we should critique the people that we look up to. Absolutely. And that we love. But at the same time, it's like, this isn't. 15, 20 years ago where you can just do the shit and just like, you know, exist and not have a responsibility. I I don't know. I mean, because it's funny because you're talking about on one hand, somebody that like, like you said, Childish Gambino, Donnie Glover, that has a history of anti-blackness specifically directed at black women. There's been critique of even how he's written black women characters, right? Right. yeah, Yeah. But yet he makes a conscious song. That's one of his biggest songs. Does that negate, you know, all the other stuff? And here's Drake, who you're saying, like, has made music centering black women or uplifting black women, but hasn't, you know, it wasn't like we saw Drake around Breonna Taylor or no, any and, of these and other again, issues. And, I, and, and he's also been accused of, like, tearing down black women. True, so right. So it's, and, and, it's and a like, very mixed bag. Right, because you mentioned thing. Megan Thee Stallion. Right. He dissed her on the album, you know what I'm saying? And the like, final thing I'll say, and this isn't me saying this, is, and this isn't me demonizing anybody I've that have said this to me, but black women I've had conversations with have also been like, well, Drake got a white woman pregnant. Mm. Drake, you know, Drake has never had, like, you've never seen Drake with black women. You've always seen him with light-skinned women or white-passing women. 
So his relationship to us is he only uses us mm, for fuel for his, and this is again this is yeah for the reverse Kendrick yeah 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 <laughs> oh wow no, no I mean I think and again that, I do believe it calls criticism I think Drake again he's a Canadian rapper who oh, was yeah. raised Watch talk about that no 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 talk about that miracle he's a Canadian rapper who was raised by a white Jewish woman yeah, his yeah. black who, Memphis dad who was did, absent right who, who did understand the history of words like color come on miracle you know, yeah. no don't say don't do that no. because, no, no, that's not fair. That's no, a joke. That was a joke. So I think that, <laughs> that Drake has shown someone who has been trying to be in the in black crowd. Yes. When he first came out, people were saying he wasn't black enough. He wasn't going hard enough. Yes. He was an actor and he was, you know, put up to take over hip hop simply because he was black and Jewish. So there's yes. all this hate that he got. But yes, he, he did. for me, Drake is someone who tries to be black politically adjacent. So think about Without, his that's music. Beautiful. So like yeah. the, I forgot, I want to say it was not the call God, but the video had AB and he was running around. He's giving like black people money. Guys playing. Yeah. He'll talk about like black issues. I forgot the song when he was talking about, you know, the police are killing us. Now you want to have a problem with me. Like he yeah, doesn't yeah. really yeah. go hard for no. social issues, Never. but he talks like about like, how they impact like his life absolutely and how sometimes like black people are a threat to him yeah now drake has got gotten under fire for the way he treated johnny blaze i really forgot the other two black sh- strippers from mariah. houston oh. mariah and somebody else uh, Malaya. Malaya. Yeah, he Malaya retired and her then, yeah. and she was like but i'm now i can't work and you're not giving me any money like the, he has had a, a oh wow a very tentious issue with like black women because he sexualizes black women will have right. sex with black women, you know, George, Georgia Smith, Gorga, you know, all this stuff, yeah. but doesn't really put roots with black women. We'll, we'll pursue Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, yeah. like as a joke and maybe disrespect their relationships. Yes. But like he's rooted with white women and invest in. And so yeah. but he hires black women. He has black women working on like his projects. And so it's a uh, tension there. Yeah. But I think no pun Drake, intended. Mixed bag. I think Drake is someone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Drake is someone who wants to have an identity, but it, but can't have it in black American politics because he's not a black American. And like, he's someone who loves just like black art and black people all over right. the world. So, you know, he does the Patois. Yeah. He yeah, does, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. like he reinvents himself. What, goes to London and does all of that. But he so, always yeah. reinvents himself as yeah. someone, a part of the black diaspora. Does Afro beats now, like you whatever know. is hot. He and he could have, he could have gone, he could have gone pop. He could have gone country. He could have done, you know, tech stuff and yeah. techno stuff. He's, rooted in like blackness and so i don't expect more from him i would like him to do more you know i would like him to give more uplift but he's been with colin kaepernick he's done i think as much as he maybe knows how to politically but he is able to do more and doesn't and and again i'm not expecting drake to come out like chuck d or kendrick Mm -hmm. lamar like that's not what i expected drake i just expect a little bit more and yeah. I don't think that's asking too much of him as an artist because he's produced such great music and he's done like, you know, like Miracle said, he has hired black women and he has brought attention to black women specifically. I remember it was like Issa said on Insecure, us black women to go to college, like she was like, the joke was Drake just gets us. And I, and I can't remember the setup, but the punchline was Drake just gets us. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but 
where is the substance to that? Right, right, right. right. And I, and that's and that's just what I would expect I, as you know. And, yeah. I, and I overstand that, like you know, Push called a lot of things out about Drake that I think people have been saying for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also push put up the, the identity picture. crisis. Yeah, yeah the of picture him. of him with it in black. I don't excuse that as the quote unquote class or the tragic mulatto story. Right, like I hate that the trope, and I think that like Drake can't hide behind that. You've been in America for the last twenty years. Like, I mean, you yeah, and you've probably said like yeah. you know like Memphis is your home. Yeah, like like you said, if, if Memphis is your home, how are you representing for those people mm-hmm. other than like taking their swag so you can make more. Hundreds of millions of yeah, dollars. Yeah, symbolism over substance is right so within this conversation. So to me, I, I agree with you. I think if you're going to go around the world and take people's swag, right, you do have a responsibility to those communities, particularly when the majority of the communities whose music that you're, you know, and you could say honoring or you could say taking, however you look at it, they're suffering. I'm saying they're suffering and they're never able to reach the heights that you are. So how are you giving back and what ways are you giving back and what ways are you representing? I think that is definitely legitimate criticism. Trouble. I wanna, yeah. I want to add to the convo how I agree with Ebro one, because it's like a stay in your lane type of conversation, right? Yes. It's like, this is America. Isn't a Drake diss anymore. It's a conscious record. Absolutely. So yeah. if you're going to venture over and start criticizing conscious records, then you've entered a lane where now that criticism has to be well rounded. hundred percent. It has to come back to yourself. Yes, yeah, that boomerang I, miracle yeah, talking about. You know what I'm yeah. saying it can't just be. Oh, I'm going to diss Childish Gambino's record because originally it was going to be dissing me. It's like, well, it's not anymore. Yeah. So now we have to talk about real things. Now there has to be substance behind your criticism. You, you could argue. You, it's the most impactful music video in the last 10 years. Yes, precisely. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I might maybe even longer. Yeah. 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 And I think what Drake could have done, I'm not making that this is Canada, but also just talk <laughs> about like some of that the. Was incredible. No, but like talk about some of the racial violence that's happening in Canada. Absolutely. Talking about the plight of the indigenous women in Canada. A thousand percent. I think he could have responded in a conscientious way. Absolutely. I keep saying like nobody has been following Tupac's blueprint of like how to come back. Right. Because when people were coming after Tupac, Tupac mm-hmm. went like super black and was yes. like, your Brenda had a baby, all this type of stuff. Nobody has been making that type of music. Music. True. On it, like p- local people, like I'm saying, people who are named and have like yeah, fame yeah, yeah, and acclaim. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has been making. Nobody has been making that type of music on like a national scale, and it's, it's very weird to me. Like like Childish was like really the first one. Like him and Joyner Lucas were like, kind of like, the first people to be like, okay, I have this following. Let me make this. And I would say both of them didn't do that. It wasn't yeah. that great. Very surfacey. Yeah. Very, very people of color y. It was, it was, I was like, I like, I well, you, you know what it is? Miracles probably because, you know, they're not one of the most influential, outspoken civil rights leaders of our time, <laughs> like the legendary Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why are all our greats conservatives? I don't get it. Well, Ice Cube would call, say he wasn't, but Robert F. Kennedy, for those of those, of course, Robert F. Kennedy has said. The worst Kennedy. Why? <laughs> the worst Kennedy. I just don't get the t- it. The top 50 Kennedy, he's 50. <laughs> he's dead last. <laughs> and it's wild, you know, he came out and said anti Semitic. Anti-black statements recently around COVID, but he took a picture with Ice Cube. And guess who defended that picture? What? Who Ice Cube? <laughs> no, guess yeah. Guess who defended the picture of RFK and Ice Cube? Who? Killer Mike. I oh, mean, wow. again, it's a picture, right? Yeah. Well, and what Killer Mike said was a picture doesn't mean an endorsement, but right. it was just that Robert F. Kennedy's own tweet said, 
he spent a wonderful evening with one of our country's most influential and outspoken civil rights leader. He called Ice Cube a civil rights leader. Like, is he that out of touch? Like, I mean, Ice Cube man? did do fuck the police. He did, you know, niggas with attitudes. He did, that, he did was bigging up Farrakhan. He that was, would be a great question to say, did you mean fuck the police? Like, yeah. what did you mean by civil rights leaders? What yeah. civil rights has Ice Cube gained for black people? Miracle, can you tell the, us? The nigga you love to hate. I guess we got to organize these old school rappers. I would really. Are you going to do that, Miracle? No, because that's not my ministry. Black men, y'all got to save yourselves. But I think that Killer Mike and Ice Cube really could be out there using their platform yes. again to advocate for issues funding for black businesses, right, training, right, right. workforce development. I again would say Ice Cube, Killer Mike. Put a platform together to get black men their gun rights back. Right. We need a universal forgiveness of black men to get wow. their gun rights that's a back. Great, that's a great piece. Things that they could be doing, but yeah. no. Yeah, it's interesting because when you look at Killer Mike and Ice Cube, you're talking about both multi-million dollar individuals. And so they're multi-millionaires. They're business owners. And so they're land owners, right? You know, Killer Mike's on his new album talked about being a landlord. Like, I'm a landlord. So, like, now when you're the landlord and you're the business owner and you're a multimillionaire and you're in a different... Dude, now you have a different, maybe a different take on what it takes to get there or take on... You know, you're not down here with us anymore. Like, frontline, regular, everyday black people. You're not struggling. You're not going to the... You know, you're going to whatever nice you know, restaurant or nice place to shop. You're not struggling with black people. Is that, could that be why? Maybe. And then that's when you rebrand as your black capitalist self and don't sit there and say, I'm here for the working class because your reality has changed and your worldview has changed. And I think that a lot of these rappers do not know how to say, you know what, that person who was grinding, I'm not that person. I got it now. And so my politics has changed. And I think that they should because people are looking at them to advocate for working class black people. And they're advocating for policies that aren't going to help them. Yeah. I mean, I know Ice Cube is doing a thing right now. Maybe we can invite him. Did you, did you reach out on Twitter and invite Ice Cube? I did not. You know, you should. (laughs) You have connections. I don't have connections I reached out to Gucci and he didn't respond back. That's the person. We have have reached out to Killer Mike. Was it last year? Yeah. It was last year. He declined. You know what I'm saying? So, unfortunately, you know, that didn't, we weren't and able to make I that And I will happen. tell all these people, if I'm the issue we're declining, I will <laughs> gladly remove myself from the interview table and let y'all make Anybody have a conversation. <laughs> that oh. is fine. You can make there, that request. There was way more white supremacy we had to get to, but we're going to get to our book. Yes. Our white pages. And I think this is very apt that... Considering the air quality issues that we've been oh, having nationwide, so yes. toxic communities, environmental racism, industrial pollution, and residential mobility by Dorsetta E. Taylor, and this is particularly important for Pittsburgh as we often have the worst air quality in the country, specifically located in Braddock, Pennsylvania, where they are bogged down and just assaulted by environmental racism. Everywhere you go in that area is very difficult to breathe because all the steel issues and all yes. the you know pollution. So yeah, so that is our white pages. And with that being said, any final comments? Let's get out of here. Turn up, shout out to my people who are protesting at Netroots. Oh, yeah. Um, made a statement. Yes, yes. You know, push, push, good trouble. Yeah, good, good trouble. trouble. Trouble? Going back on vacation. Never lose sight. Come on, never know. lose sight. Peace. See y'all next week. One hood.